Around the world, consumerism is the biggest suppressant of happiness. The happiest temperature is 13.9 degrees Celsius or 57 degrees Fahrenheit. 43% of people who attend church weekly are happier than the 23% who say they do not. And married people are 10% happier than unmarried people. Welcome to episode three of Dudes in Progress. Hey, Kurt. Hey, Joe. What's shaking, my friend? I am ready for episode three of the Dudes in Progress. <laughs> we made it to episode three. <laughs> Outstanding. I have a question for you, Kurt. How happy are you? I would say I am relatively happy right now. Are you? Would you call yourself a generally happy person? Yes, I would. I definitely would. What would your wife say? Let me ask you that. What would your wife say? <laughs> oh. That's not fair. <laughs> that is not fair. <laughs> she gets the the other side a little bit more than anyone else. I've, if I'm being yeah. honest, right? They do. They do. So does my wife. I think when we look at the things that make people happy, I've scored. You know, I did. I think a health test we annually do at work for insurance. If you want to get a little rebate on your insurance, and sometimes I think I have too much anxieties and or i don't want to call it depression but low moods and as you read through the questions you come to realize uh, as i'm answering them honestly like i've never missed work because of depression or i've never yeah i've had never had any of the questions that related to my mental health i really couldn't honestly say that i had a problem when which was kind of a good feeling to read through that well, I'm going to share. I'm going to share something later later on is in the show that uh, about my state of well being and kind of the ebbs and flows of happiness in my life. But generally, most people will say I'm a happy guy. I would most, say that most yeah. most people generally will say that I'm a upbeat, happy guy. Right? Wouldn't you say that about me? No, I would. I would. Kurt. Yeah. Generally, yeah, I would. Uh, upbeat, happy guy, positive, trying to look on the bright side of life. Good Monty Python song, by the way, from uh, Life of Brian. Not the movie's not for the faint of heart, but it's it's. it's I love Monty Python. It's, it's funny. It's funny, but generally, I think people will, will say that I'm a I'm a happy person. But it's interesting because I I think that the closer the the people who are closest to me, at a very intimate level, my wife and my kids, um, they might they they've seen another side. Mm. They've seen another side of me. Well, today we're talking about happiness, what it means, and the secrets to having it. Later in the show, we'll, we'll give updates on our 30-day weight loss challenge, how we're doing on our habits. We'll each share a win for the week, and we'll wrap up the show with a couple really cool quotes. But this week, we're talking about happiness. And I know happiness is something you and I have, have talked about a lot. You came across a really cool video about happiness. Yeah, Joe, I'm going to tell you, I have found the number one secret to happiness that I'm going to share with you guys. And I think when I explain it to you, you're not going to be surprised. And I've seen this video on YouTube. It's a TED Talk, I'm sure, a long time ago. It's from 2015, I learned. But I got an email on probably Amazon or Barnes & Noble of books that are brand new. And this new book came to me. In an email, it's called The Good Life, Lessons from the World's Longest Scientific Study of Happiness. And I've kind of studied happiness and read books about happiness, but I thought this TED Talk, and it's only about 15 minutes, it's definitely worth your listen. We can put it on our website and our Facebook group so that you can listen to it. It's pretty short. And then I found doing a little bit more research, I was re-watching it, taking some notes, and I found an interview from someone from the Ted group interviewing his name is Robert Waldinger. And he was talking about, of course, now it's 2023 and this was only done just a few days ago talking about, he did this talk, I think in an elementary school and had no idea it was going to go viral to 23 million people. Mm. 
And just the fact, well, I'll, I'll get into this study. So I want to tell you, Joe, you're the reason for my happiness. Does that surprise you? Man, I've done something good in this life then. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's more than just Joe, but I'll, let me give you the number one secret to happiness. The number one secret to happiness is relationships. So I'm gonna, I took some notes from this, again, this second video where Dr. I think it's Dr. Robert Waldinger from, did the, they did this Harvard study of 724 men since they were teenagers starting in 1938. So approximately 60 men now, they're in their 90s and they've still been doing this study. The group consisted of men from various economic and social backgrounds. They're from Boston's poorest neighborhoods, all the way to Harvard undergrads. Even President Kennedy started as part of the original group. And over the years, the researchers have collected all kinds of health information. And every two years, they ask members questions about their lives and their mental and emotional wellness. They, they even interview their family members. And Here's what this scientific study has concluded, that after studying hundreds of people their, their entire adult lives, the people who turn out to be the happiest and the healthiest are those who have good, warm connections to others. Now, they didn't, yeah, they didn't believe this was even true about 30 years ago as they got into this because, you know, when you ask somebody, what do you think the secret to happiness, a lot of people would say, what would you say, Joe, off the top of your head? I would say, off the top of my head, here's what I would say about what I think other people would say. Let's put it that yeah. way. Money. Right. Fame and fortune was one of the things that, even when they started the, the study, they were talking to these young people, and they figured, you know, leaving college or maybe they're going off to work at the same age. If you were in Harvard, you're going, you know, graduating from college or you were going off to work. Their goal in life was fame and fortune. They thought that was going to make them happy. So mm -hmm. if you think of this study, they've taken a look at how they felt about these questions early in their life, right on through till, you know, some of these are now in their nineties, but they've come to learn something very different. So th these relationships can really make you physically stronger and your brain's healthier. You have less depression, less likely to get diabetes and heart disease. And they recover faster from illness with good relationships. Kurt, did this study talk about the the types of relationships, the 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 level of intimacy, yeah. uh, whether they were positive or negative relationships? Absolutely. And, yeah. Okay. It definitely makes so. So how does this work? You know. So why scientifically are there so many great physical and mental benefits to great relationships? And the number one biggest reason is stress. And you, we've all heard this, this the, what stress can do physically to your body. And as it turns out, good relationships, to answer your question, are great stress regulators. When you're stressful, your heart rate goes up, you sweat a bit, you, don't, you just don't feel that well. We've got this fight or flight response. Normally, it should get back to equilibrium. But what happens if you if you go to someone go home to somebody and you can't talk to them or you you know you've just got a, a bad relationship at home? You know you're never going to calm down. You're constantly going to be in this fight or flight situation, which is not good for your body. But what if on the opposite, if you have someone to reach out to, and and if you're an isolated person, you're lonely. That's a big problem for this stress situation. Yeah, you can even create inflammation, and there are circulating stress hormones that just wear, wear you out <laughs> in different body systems. So relationships are really essential to your well-being. And then you talked about what kinds of, then I think you were asking me this question, what kinds of relationships, you know, just, you know, you talked about this, I think, maybe in one of our episodes already. I can't remember what we were talking about, but well, we've only had two. It shouldn't be too hard. <laughs> I know, right? To remember which one. <laughs> <laughs> but having at least one person you can trust, someone that you know right. has your back, someone you right. could turn to 
when you're in a time of trouble, you know, for you and I, I think our wives are, are good examples of that for sure. Mm-hmm. And we both have each other for that. We've had this relationship for about five years and you don't need a whole group of people. So I think that's the point that he was trying to make, you know, things people in their eighties say the one thing they're most proud of, and it wasn't fame or fortune. It was things like being a mentor to people, raising their kids. I know that's for me. They were a good friend. They were maybe a good partner in a, in a business relationship. And it's not just like love partners or relatives or work colleagues, but also casual contacts. This was kind of interesting to me. Talking to strangers. This is, these are some of the things I'm not good at that I could do better at. The grocery store clerk. Sometimes I joke around with them. A lot of times they don't want to have any, anything to do with me, but I try. Or the, or the person you know, who gets you your coffee at Dunkin' Donuts. So those are some good examples, Joe. You know, some people aren't relationship type of people. Some people aren't, aren't close or are they're hard to get close to. Mm. Uh, we, might call, we might call people like that introverts. I was, right. That was now, the word I was thinking of on the tip of my tongue. There's a whole definite, there's a whole definition between introvert and extro- extrovert. And I actually have some pretty strong introvert, introvert tendencies, but what if, what if you're an introvert? What if, does that mean that you're un- unhappy as an introvert? Or does that mean you have to work harder to build relationships? Or this is what I think. I think if if you're an introvert, you just have you just have different kinds of relationships. It's not gregarious, and I think introverts probably tend to have more intimate relationships. Uh, there's a certain level of uh, intimate, certain there's a deeper level of intimacy with people who are introverted. Um, but it doesn't mean that you don't have relationships. And on the other hand, if you're if you're extremely extroverted, it doesn't it that doesn't mean you have quality relationships. I consider myself an introvert. I I think I have a hard time in a group of people starting up a conversation with people I don't know. Mm -hmm. That's one of my definitions. But once I know someone, as you can attest, I'm quite open. And as a guy, I don't think I share my feelings (laughs) that, that deeply, really. But... I think having this knowledge of how important relationships are, there are certain things we can do intentionally knowing this is the secret to happiness and to be more conscious of it, to, to definitely know when you are going down a slide, maybe of a little bit of depression, these are some of the techniques to, to get you out of it. And that's those close relationships that you have. So he, he finished this little chat. It's, again, it's only like 15 minutes, even in this other video, but asking how can we strengthen our connections with other people? And good relationships, they tend to need daily tending to, just like physical fitness does. So be proactive. Reach out to a friend to take a walk. Establish routines, coffee, lunch with a coworker. These are all important things. Don't take them lightly. Propose to do something new with your partner, a date night, take a walk. No. My wife and I, we used to walk the dogs. That was always uh, something we look forward to. Volunteer in the community. That's something I haven't done in a long time. I'm thinking about, I, I remember seeing the study in the UK of a gardener club they put together. They had some seriously depressed people. They brought them together in a community setting and they had this garden that they w- were tending and they also had a chance to interact with each other and they found surprisingly great results of having a goal together, again, communicating with each other and trying to grow this garden. And they, they found that to be really good for depression. Find things you're interested in and then definitely be more comfortable starting up casual conversations. And I know when I have done that in situations that I was uncomfortable, I talk about conferences I would go to and how horrible those conferences were when I didn't interact with other people. And I kind of knew some of the people virtually through blogs. And then when I, I went to this setting where I was able to connect with some of these people, I, I thought they were maybe a little bit smarter than me, or they were, they were very much the speakers at the conference. So they were a little bit intimidating me, 
But boy, was I surprised when I started up conversations with them, how interested they were with me and, and my opinions and really built some really great technical and career colleagues through these conferences that I went to. And it made a huge difference in my experience. And you may know my story. It led to my, my Disney world podcast, but that's for another story. Yeah. You know, Facebook gets a bad rap, Kurt. There's some real relationships on Facebook. There's some real connections you, you make on Facebook. There are some real friendships that you can build through social media. You know, I think about our Facebook, the dudes in progress, Facebook <laughs> that we have. As young as it is, and I want to give a, a, a special shout out to Jody, who came into our Facebook and shared some, a couple very vulnerable questions. Vulnerability is important to building relationships. And I just want to publicly say, Jody, if you're listening, thank you. Thank you for coming into the Facebook book and asking that question. And you know what question I'm talking about. Uh, if you want to know the question, head over to our Facebook group and uh, check it out. Jody was bold enough and brave enough and courageous enough to, to ask a, a, very, a very interesting question. My point about bringing up Facebook is those relationships at some level can be as real as your best friend next door. Yeah. I've, we had a comment recently. Our, we have a common friend, Samantha, who said, made a comment to one of her friends at home. She said her internet, matter of fact, she's got this saying the weird internet friends and yeah, then her weird, I've heard her say that weird internet friend and her friends at home said, let's, let's be honest, Samantha, they're, they're, they're your real friends too. You have to be intentional about relationships. You have to be intentional. You have to, you have to set your mind that, that you're going to build relationships. Now that doesn't mean you have to be best friends with everybody yeah. because I, best friends will emerge from, from, you putting yourself out there, right? I've always told my kids that, man, if you're living this life with three people, just three people that you know you can depend on, that you know are your die on, die on the sword friends, that, that they're, the, they're the three o'clock in the morning phone call friends, right? Yeah, for sure. If, if you have just a handful, a few of those people, two or three, you're doing something really special. So here's the challenge that Robert gave, uh, we can give to our audience too. Think of someone you've not connected with in a while, someone that you miss, send them a text right now telling them you were thinking of them and wanted to reconnect and just watch what comes back to you. So there you go. No expectations. No, no, uh, you know, it is what it is, right? You know, you what's send funny? it out there and see what happens. You know, what's funny about this, Joe, I was doing these notes Saturday and I got a Facebook message from someone I was thinking about. I hadn't heard. I know this particular person had been having some personal challenges and related to my Disney podcast was asking me some questions, but we have a personal relationship too. And I was asking how she was doing and that kind of thing. So it was just funny. She, the reverse thing happened to me and I was thinking about it. And I just like dug right into the conversation as, as best I could too. Yeah. Took a hold of it and uh, yeah. let it happen. Exactly. Make sure right. I, I did my best to, to recognize her and, and, you know, ask how she's doing and, and definitely we're going to be connecting. You know, That's an excellent challenge. I like that. I like that challenge. Good. I like I the challenge to reach out to one person. I, 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 and I like rules, <laughs> you know, I like guidelines. I like structure uh, because I think with structure and guideline comes, more freedom, quite honestly. So I'm going to try to put a, a guideline around this for myself. It's, it's going to be somebody that I've not talked to for at least one year. Okay. I've not talked to for at least one year. Yep. Do, you have, do, you have, do you have somebody in mind? I did. And I, you know, I'll have to, the person I was thinking of, I haven't talked to in a long time. I don't even know how to get a hold of this person. So maybe I'll come up with somebody and I'll, I'll do the same. I don't think we can talk about this subject without briefly talking about depression. Mm. So I'm, I have had bouts of depression in my life. I've had some pretty severe bouts of depression in my life. Uh, and I've gone through it and I've, and I've worked through it and I've sought the help of professionals because of it. 
so I, I know about depression. Now, as I go into this, l- let's be clear. We're, we're, here's, that, here's that famous disclaimer. We're not doctors. We're not professionals. This isn't professional advice. Uh, we're just we're just a couple buddies trying to f- yeah. figure life out, right? I like to say uh, about this, especially this topic. I've had family members that I can't disclose who they are because I don't have the right to. But I have been personally deeply involved with people with depression, mental illness situations for about forty years. <laughs> Since forty right. years ago, I think before then I would have said grab yourself by the pants and straighten yourself out. But I've had some experiences that I can tell you, at least I've experienced it. Not personally. I mean, I have, I have my depression. Like I think normal people do. I have my blues and down moments for sure, but I've never been clinically depressed or even close to that. I would say. Right. What I can tell you, I can tell you this. I've, I've experienced significant depression in my own life. Uh, I know, I know what I can do about depression for myself personally. Mm-hmm. And uh, if, if you don't mind, I'm just like, I'd like to share a couple of things that, that might help with depression. I'd like to hear them because like and, I said, I've had my experience. They might share what I think pulled some of those people out of those depressions. And states. we won't be surprised. Okay. This is what I found in my own life. And we won't be surprised by, by this process okay. that I take myself through. Uh, and I have experienced significant depression, like I said, in my, in my own life. Uh, where it comes from, here's what I don't like to do. I, I don't want to get in a big debate about where, if depression is real, depression is real. It's a thing. It's a thing. It's real. Right. Where it comes from or what causes it, it's a debate for much more intelligent people than me, Kurt. Uh, quite honestly, I don't care about its origins. I just care about there's something that there's something that yeah. we can do about it. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care if it was because your mother was mean to you or whatever tragedy you've gone through or whatever it might be. I just care that there's something that there, that we can do about it. Now, listen, I care if you've gone through a tragedy <laughs> in your life. I don't mean it like that. Yeah. But my, my point is it happens that so many, it, this is probably my biggest, this gets me more. I don't know, angry is the right word. I'm really sensitive to this. Like I said, I've been through this with people I care about and I hear it from people, friends of mine all the time or parents that are dealing with children with this. How could we be the most affluent nation in the history of the world and have so many depressed people? It's, it's sad to me. That's yeah, that that is, that's a discussion, Kurt, and maybe we'll maybe we'll talk about that in another in another episode. Yeah. But that's, I'll speak for myself. Where it comes from, what causes it, that's a discussion for much more intelligent people than me. Yeah. I, I just know it's there. I know it's real. I know it's a thing, and I know there's something that I can do about. If I dwell on where it came from and what its origins are, I'll just cut. I'll get caught in that that crazy loop. So I want to talk about what we can do about it about depression. I'll, I'll, I'll just go through this real quickly because we're talking about happiness, but I don't think we can talk about happiness without understanding this side of it, this side of the emotion, the other side of the emotion. So when it comes to depression, these are the five or six things that have, that have helped me out, that have moved me forward. And they're intentional. You have to recognize that there's something that you can do about it. On the, at the tiniest step, the, the, the minimal action, there's something that you can decide to do about it. The one thing that I would recommend is don't, don't advocate for your depression. Don't make it your identity. Don't make it who you are. Don't accept it as your personhood, as your identity. That's the best way I can say it. Don't advocate it. Don't advocate for your depression or make it your identity. It's not who you are. Learn to separate these symptoms from yourself. They're not characteristics of your personality. It doesn't make up who you are. It is something that you're experiencing, not who you are. I understand that. That's a mindset shift. Mm-hmm. Don't advocate for your depression. Don't make it who you are. Also, don't isolate yourself. Here's, here's what we're talking about, right? It's about relationships, and we're going to see relationships kind of strung through this. 
I thing, believe don't this one hundred percent. Yeah. Don't isolate yourself. Find a way to to connect with somebody. Because when you isolate yourself, you get caught in this this crazy loop of of isolation and depression, and you, and you be, you just become within yourself. So don't isolate yourself. Move your body. Get up and move your body. Even at even at the smallest level, it might mean just going outside and and standing in there and looking at the sunshine for one minute. Okay, at some level, move your body. It doesn't have to be. You're not going to run a marathon. It could be a walk. Right. Just move your body. Eat good food. This is science. Avoid processed foods. Simple carbohydrates like pop and soda, candy, desserts, all that stuff. Avoid that stuff as much as possible when you when you feel yourself going through depression. You really are better off just eating real food, just real fruit, fruits and vegetables and lean meats, just generally. But if you find yourself if you find yourself going through depression, it's really easy to grab that comfort Twinkie. <laughs> okay, it's really easy uh, to uh, grab those donuts, and before you know it, you've eaten the whole box. Uh, so do what you can to avoid processed foods because those will those will only exasper- exasperate the, the depression. This, this is my own experience mm. w- when, I, when I'm going through this. Find a small way to, to serve another human being, preferably personally. Just find some small way to serve another human being. Mm. It might be a phone call. It might be, it might be as, as little as a wink to somebody. You know? Hey, I'm here. And there is nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with seeking professional help. If you're in a really dark place, there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. Find a therapist, find, find somebody that their job is to help people going through this. That's their job. They have experience with it. They've gone to school for it. They, they have wisdom. Uh, find a professional. If you find yourself in a really dark place, find a professional. So that's what that's all I want to say about depression. I, I just didn't want this conversation to to go on without without recognizing that there's an other side of happiness. We don't have to dwell on it. It's not who you are. It's not who you're it's not who you it's not your identity. Uh it's just something that you're experiencing. And the good news is, the good news is there's something you can do about it. I also believe that happiness, Kurt, is it's not a choice. It's not a choice. Now Hear me out, okay? Because it is and it isn't. I don't think that we can choose any of the emotions and the feelings that kind of pop into our head or pop into our body, right? It just happens, right? It, it, the, these emotions come upon us. I don't think we choose these emotions from happiness to sadness. We don't choose them. But, but we can choose what we do with those emotions once we experience them. And we can choose to do things that will most likely lead to positive production, productive emotions like, like joy and happiness and satisfaction and contentment, interest and all those positive emotions that we want to, that we want to experience. But happiness isn't necessarily a choice. None of, none of the emotions are a choice, but the, the powerful thing is we can choose to do those things that will lead to positive and productive emotions. Yeah. So as you're, I wanted to wait till you got through your list, Joe, but I wanted to relate. I'm going to try to get this as generic as possible, but it is very personal. Again, someone who I cared about and watched them go through this, but several of the things that you talked about in the end, after several years, I can tell you some of the things I believe pulled them through this. One was reaching out for professional help, which took some time before somebody really was able to make an impact in a professional way. And one of the things that really surprised me through all the different things that, and things that were tried group, a group therapy Mm -hmm. session seemed to be the, the thing that was the most impactful. And again, relating to what you were talking about, I saw this person reaching out to other people that were going through the same situation and felt a sense of helping them, right? 
and then I was talking about the study of the UK people who, who, who are gardeners with the depression, the people with depression, they had a common goal. They had something that they were interested in that they were all pursuing together as a community. So that's been my experience. And that was something that I was, I watched as it happened. And I, the only thing, other thing I want to say, it's really frustrating when you get someone you care about going through this and you, there's no more helpless situation. And all I can say is, you know, just be, be a friend, help them get these resources, be there for them. Um, just do all you can to, to be a friend and be coaching them through it. But in the end, you know, I really feel they gotta, they gotta do the work. Yeah. I just didn't, I didn't want this conversation to be Pollyanna. I didn't want the conversation to, uh, we took both extremes, didn't we on that? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've, I've, I've done a lot of research on happiness and how to, how to be happy and what will make me happy and what makes people happy in general. And the number one thing is relationships. I can't agree with that, with that study more. Uh, but when I've, the books that I've read, the articles that I've read, the, the research that I've done, there seem to be six common habits that if you do every day will lead to a happier, more fulfilling, satisfied life. Uh, and these are the six things that I, that I found active things that you can do, um, that don't, don't it doesn't take a lot of trying to do, right? It, it won't take a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of willpower to do these things. Maybe, maybe number six, maybe number five and number six, maybe take some, maybe we'll take some willpower, but these are, these are six habits that if you do every day, uh, according to the articles, the research, the books that I've read, these seem to be the common things that will lead to a happier, more fulfilling, satisfied life. And, and I, I just like to go through this list. The, the number one on the list is, and this is not in any particular order. Okay. Uh, because number six is the most important thing. Number one, make a gratitude list every day. Now, I'm not terribly good at this, but this is an important exercise that every study that I've seen, every every research, every article that I've read, now all the research that I've done, they all include a gratitude list. Yeah, that's just sitting down for one minute and writing down a couple things that you're grateful for. But here's what I would say. Be, be very simple about these things. Just start this way every day for one minute, write down one thing, just one thing that you're grateful for. Stop at that one thing. Don't make a whole list. Don't wear yourself out trying to make this, this gratitude list. Just one thing that you're grateful for that occurred within the past day, the past 24 hours. So Joe, I I love this one. I love this one. We were talking about habits last week. This is a habit I've restarted. And I, what I do is I, I pick three. What I do, I agree. I don't, I don't want to do like, I'm, I'm grateful for my wife. I'm grateful for Joe. I'm grateful. Like I pick something from yesterday that I'm grateful for. I got to sit there for a little bit and say, Okay, what went on yesterday that was really I'm really grateful for, and it's got to be specific, right? I'm I'm glad I fi- finished that project yesterday, or I'm glad for that. I'm grateful for that rebate check that came in, or, you know, mm-hmm. something that's real. And I'm like, I can really relate to it. Sometimes it's something I've been thinking about. Here's the thing that drives me nuts: there might be something I have a daily prayer about, or something that's been nagging at me i'll actually have something positive towards that or actually get that answer the day before i'll forget i'll be sitting there thinking oh, wait, what am i grateful for from yesterday then i'll go you dummy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you weren't sitting here thinking you would have forgotten you've been thinking about this forever and it happened yesterday right and that's right. the thing that's been fascinating to me in this practice but yeah here's I the say, funny thing about this exercise here's the funny <laughs> thing about this exercise if when you know you're going to do it, our brain will naturally look for, look for those positive things. Our, our brain actually, our brain is naturally geared towards 
looking for threats and biases towards the negative. That's our, that, that's how that's how genetically we're made up, right? To look for the negative stuff. So we have to be really intentional about it. But if you if you know you're going through the day looking for something to be grateful for because you know you got to write it down at night, that night or in the next morning, this exercise it'll train your brain to look for the positive through your day, leading to a a happier a happier day, right? Hey Joe, I'll give you I'll give you a couple of mine yesterday. I'm so grateful the Cowboys won their playoff game. <laughs> hey man, everyone loves they got their game. That's right? cool. Yeah, yeah. The Bengals squeaked by. Can't too. forget. Uh, I'm I'm so grateful I found my stew ingredients for my at Walmart for half the price because I've been doing like slow cooker recipes. That's my latest thing, mm-hmm. and I found the ingredients for half the price at Walmart. Right. But but you know that those are idiotic examples <laughs> no they're not I, I i i i want you to take that back dude i want you to take that back they're not they're they're important to you and it's something that made your day it's something that made your day i said so margita i found these three ingredients for half the price at walmart <laughs> like that's something I'd be pumped about. Towards my goal of reducing our grocery bill. So also, uh, also beyond the beyond the gratitude list, because that was number one. Uh, intentionally move vigorously for fifteen minutes every day, and if you can't do fifteen, do five. If you can't do five, do one. Right. Mm. Intentionally move vigorously for fifteen minutes every. For some reason, that the the fifteen minutes came out in every book and study that, that I've seen, uh, 15 minutes every day. Now that could mean just taking a walk or jumping rope or some kind of quick resistance exercise or wrestle with your kids or your grandkids, whatever it is, you know, Mm. move the furniture around, uh, (laughs) whatever it might be. It doesn't matter. Just find a way to intentionally move vigorously for 15 minutes every day. I love my daily walks. Yeah. Studies, definitely show that that the effects of some kind of daily cardio can be just as effective as taking an antidepressant nice yeah love that one meditation mm-hmm. meditation now i'm not talking about some weird woo woo uh lotus position um um there's nothing wrong with that if that's your thing god bless you for it but that's not what i'm talking about I'm just talking about taking five minutes once a day to stop whatever you're doing and concentrate on something that, that, that you can just maybe look into the distance and find a bird, look into the distance and find a flag, uh, a flag flying and concentrate on that and just watch it, watch it flow, watch it, watch it, uh, move in the wind, listen for the sound that's making. Okay. If you're not in a place to, the, to, to do that, the, the most common way of, of meditating, quote unquote, medi- meditating is meditating is just concentrate on your breathing. Yeah. Just close your eyes and feel yourself breathe. That's it. And you're going to get distracted. Let's talk about that right, right now. When, when you meditate, you're going to get distracted and that's the way it works. That when you get distracted and you, and you catch yourself being distracted and you move yourself back to concentrating on whatever you're concentrating on, yeah. that means you're doing it right. Joe, so, I got the good story for this. And my, my company is really good with these kinds of health benefits. We actually have a mindfulness study. You can take this little class. It was virtual. I did it a few years ago on mindfulness meditation and you're talking about the breathing and in five minutes. And what really surprised me, there was a little chat going on as we were talking about this, these techniques and the number one thing I thought it was only me that has the monkey brain. Guess what? <laughs> to my surprise, everybody has a monkey brain, meaning your thoughts go you know, you go to one and then you go to another and then to another. And I thought it was me. And, you know, the instructor said the same thing. No, it's everybody. 
because I saw people chatting saying, you know, I'm trying to do this, but my mind keeps going somewhere else. And the whole thing is recognize that's what everybody does. <laughs> and the whole, right. One of the reason you practice this is to learn how to just watch those thoughts go by and let them fly by. And the important thing is, is when you catch yourself being distracted, you're doing it right. Catch yourself being distracted and bring yourself back. You're doing it right. You're not doing it wrong. You're not yep. screwing it it's up. not you. You're doing it wrong. Everybody I mean, has the monkey right. brain. <laughs> Absolutely. Even, a, even just a short break. I mean, five minutes seems to be the common thing that, that I, I've read. Yeah. Uh, if you're going to do it every day, uh, I've, I've meditated. I mean, I think the longest I've probably done it was 15 minutes. But you know uh, what? just even a tiny short break, one minute that, that you concentrate on your breathing. It'll lower your stress. It'll result in a calmness. It really will. Science, science has proven that meditation rewires your brain and it allows you to be more optimistic and ultimately more successful. You know what convinced me also that everyone has a monkey brain? Go in any public space and take a look at how many people are looking at their phone. <laughs> not, just for the, not just for the dopamine. But they've got to be interacting that monkey brain all the time. Yep. All right. I've I've said I've I've said a lot recently. I don't know how to be bored anymore. I've right. kind of lost that. Right. I don't know how to be bored anymore. How to be quiet. <laughs> so that brings me to I got I got a couple more here. Uh do an intentional act of kindness. And these these next uh these next two uh build on exactly what you were what you were talking about in the beginning about relationships. Uh, do an intentional act of kindness. Find just a very small way to serve another human being every day. A very small way. Hold the elevator door open for somebody. Ask somebody close to you if they want a coffee. If you're going to go get a coffee, ask them if they want a coffee too. Just don't go uh, get one yourself. Let, here's, here's one for me. Here's one for me. Let someone who seems to be in a hurry cut ahead of you in line. <laughs> Okay. I thought you cut, cut me off on the road. Now, you know, now you're now you're getting too personal with me, Joe. Yeah, let, let's pick a scab, right? How about somebody that? How about letting somebody in who you don't think deserves to be let in to get on the off, they've not followed the rules of the road. <laughs> yeah, right, right. You've been waiting in line in the off ramp for twenty minutes, and this guy comes piling up the road, cuts in front of you. <laughs> That's probably the bet. That is probably the better thing for my personal happiness. Yes, I agree. <laughs> Mine too. Mine too. You know, could you even something simple or small, like intentionally smiling at somebody that'll work. Just smile at them. Yeah, for sure. Just smile. Be pleasant. Develop deeper relationships. And like I said, four, four and five are, are, are connected to the relationship study that you did. Develop deeper mm -hmm. relationships. Make contact with friends and family every day. Even if it's just calling the chat for a couple of minutes, build deep, vulnerable, authentic relationships. And those are scary words, right? But we're talking about, we're talking about happiness habits. So make sure every day you contact a friend. It could be just a text that say, that says, hi, I do a podcast uh, almost every day. I, 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 do it, uh, I, I do it as much as I can right now. I, uh, I should call it the almost daily, but it's called, it's called Simple Joe, The Simple Joe at thesimplejoe.com. And uh, I say in almost every show, hey, listen, if you want to reach out to me, just say hi. I would love to hear from you. Just say hi. It puts gas in my tank. And you know how often I get somebody that just says, hi, Joe. And when I see that little hi, Joe, that's, that makes my day. That makes my day. So try it. Try to develop every day some, some level of intimacy. Make contact with a family member or a friend every day. Just a phone call, a chat, a text, whatever, whatever it might be. And then finally, this is something that's near and dear to my, my heart, is simplify your life. Figure out, a, figure out a way to simplify your life because the happiest people, studies have shown, 
and you can't fight with studies, right? <laughs> studies have shown. Say. Yeah, the experts say that uh, the people that have the simpler, the people with the simplest life, the most organized life, the most decluttered life are happier on average. Ooh, I think we're going to do a topic on minimalism, Joe. Definitely. Oh, it's definitely. on our list. Definitely. We'll do that. Simplifying your life will do so many things for you, including yeah. making yourself happy. So I like that those one. are the habits. Those are the habits that I've, that I've come up with when it comes to making yourself happier, leading the, the habits that will lead to a happier, more fulfilling, satisfied life. Make a gratitude list every day, intentionally moving vigorously for five, 15 minutes a day. Meditate, find a way just to concentrate on, on something that, that you can, that will calm yourself down and breathe. Uh, do an intentional act of kindness, simplify your life and develop deeper relationships. If you can do those, those six things, you're doing something special. You'll be well on your way. I would really, I'm really curious to see what, uh, what you do with this information. How can you make yourself happier? How can you, how can you develop those habits in your life to make yourself happier? Uh, is it going to all happen tomorrow? Nope. Uh, will it happen in a week? Nope. But you're getting, you're getting some momentum. You're getting some momentum. If you can't do all six of these, pick one, pick one that you're going to stick to. Maybe every day, write one thing that you're grateful for, one thing every day, and then build from there. I'd be really curious to see uh, what you do with this information, what you do with the research that, that Kurt did uh, in building relationships, because that is ultimately, that is the thing that leads to happiness. That is the secret to happiness, building good relationships. All right, Kurt. It's transparency time. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. Yes. Time to update uh, update each other and the rest of the, the rest of the gang here on, on on our thirty day challenge. Oh, a weight loss challenge. Yeah, you're looking thinner. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I'm. I'm. I think I'm moving in the right direction. It's All slow. Right. It's slow, but how, how are you doing? You look skinny in those clothes, Joe. <laughs> yes, I don't have to buy. I don't have to buy. Uh, I don't have to lose weight. I just have to buy bigger clothes. I'm doing well. I think this podcast and this challenge is definitely on my mind. I don't want to come to this microphone and be up, but I'm about eight pounds down two weeks into this, and I had a little bit of an up and a down. I, I, I really worry when my wife says our friend Judy wants to go out to dinner Saturday night. <laughs> then I, get, I start to sweat. That's going to be, that's going to be trouble. Mm-hmm. But I we went out to dinner last Saturday night. I think the weekend I was actually going up a little bit, but then recovered, got back in the swing of things. So overall I'm down about eight pounds and I'm really happy with that. Of course we know beginning this challenge, beginning any weight loss. those first for me. I can lose a lot of that weight really fast and not, but what I'm really pleased about i talked really quickly i talked about my slow cooker recipes and i'm trying to make some meals that will last for a couple of days i know what the calorie intake of those are i can make a nice little bowl of it for dinner and know that that certain amount of calories that that is so i got into that habit going to the grocery store getting my salads and fruits and and vegetables and things so the habits are doing well i'm also speaking of getting habits started i did start doing my little dumbbell rep uh, routine in my morning routine it's nothing that extravagant it's about a 10 minute workout and using our atomic habits i've started to do that and incorporate that into my morning routine and i'm doing my 7000 steps a day i haven't missed a day and you know i was concerned in january cuz the weather can be <laughs> pretty horrible i've spent some steps walking around my house like a looking like a lunatic but i've gotten my 7000 steps in every day so i'm I'm pretty pleased with my progress. Well, the universe is being nice to me, Kurt. <laughs> First of all, congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations on, on your consistency. Congratulations on your weight loss. Congratulations on meeting your step goals. Uh, the universe has been kind to me in a way when it comes to this. I too have lost about eight pounds. I, I'm not sure I deserve it. <laughs> I have dramatically decreased my calorie intake. I'm keeping it about 1800 a day. 
but I have not been getting my steps in, Kurt. I've I've not been getting my seven thousand steps a day in. Wow. And what's the what's the it problem? Is, it's focus. Okay. Well, you weren't it's feeling focus. good the first week. It's yeah, it's that, and uh, I have to get I have to get some momentum. And when it comes to building a habit, if you find yourself struggling with a certain level, the best thing that you can do is take that take that down dramatically mm-hmm. to a point where you say, I know I can do this every day. Yeah. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to reset what success looks like for this. My secret I'm- to my step count, I know for a fact, is I almost want to put it into numbers. If I want to do 7,000 steps, I got to get about 5,000 in of those in that before work time. Mm-hmm. If I don't do that, I'm in trouble. Because right. you know, everyone's going to be calling for my time. I get busy at work. I can sit here in this chair <laughs> without getting up. And that is not what I want to do. And I find myself actually working from home more inclined to sit down at my desk longer than I did when I was at work. When I was physically at the work office, I got up and walked around a lot. There were people maybe to go talk to. There were things to do, get water. I mean, now the water is only right downstairs. And so it is more challenging. That's why I say I've got to get it done before nine o'clock. I'm going to reset what success looks like for me okay. right now on this. And I'm going to, I'm going to pull my step challenge down to 3000 a day. Wow. Because you're not the even getting secret, that. The secret to habits, the secret to habits is to experience success in those habits. And uh, if I'm not experiencing success, the, the, yeah. the, I, the, one of the, one of the keys that, that James Clear talks about in tiny hab and in atomic habits. And oh, I want to remind everybody about Atomic Habits, and let, don't let me forget about coming back to this. But we're giving away a, a copy of Atomic Habits. If you will send in one habit you're trying to, uh, one positive habit you're trying to develop, and one negative habit you're trying to get rid of, if you send that in, we're gonna we're gonna eventually, through one some period of time, uh, pull from those names and give away a free book, a book book, an ebook, an audio an audio book, whatever it might be. So I just wanted to remind the, the group out there, send it to uh, dudes at dudesinprogress.com, dudes at dudesinprogress.com, and we will uh, we'll certainly uh, be happy to give that book away. But back to, back to Tiny Habits by J.B. Fogg and Atomic Habits by James Clear. The, the most, one of the most important things about building a good habit is to, is to experience early success. Experience early success. And I'm, and I'm not. I'm not experiencing early early success because for one reason or another, and I'm not going to debate it, I'm not getting in my 7,000 steps. So what do I know that I can do every day and experience that success? So I'm going to bring it down to 3,000 and I'm going to report on that. That's a good idea. I took your advice with my my dumbbell routine. I was resisting this. I was thinking about this even last December. Should I start this habit back up again? not that crazy about it. So I took your advice, Joe. I, the, the first day I just did my bicep curls mm-hmm. and they're not really heavy weights. They're about like 10 pound weights. And I did that. I think I did three sets of that and then that's it. I'm not doing any more. And again, this routine's not that the problem with this routine is that I have a lot of things that I want to try to do <laughs> in my morning routine. Mm -hmm. I've actually started writing down some of the ones and I'm going to try to get this really dialed in, but I've got this habit going and I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it a lot more than I was when I started it last week. I built on it. Fantastic. Fantastic. It's all about experiencing early success and building on early success. Uh, when you, when you build habits, when you build habits and that's, that's, I think that's one of the key things among, among ever, every, among others, but if you want to find out about habits, just listen to the last episode, episode two of Dudes in Progress, because we de- take a real deep dive into, into habits. So there's my 30-day 30, 30 challenge update. 
the universe has been kind to me because I've still lost, you know, a bit of weight. I've lost about eight pounds right now, but uh, that that those daily steps have really been something that something that I've struggled with. I too have developed or, or am developing a new uh, positive habit and a new and uh, getting rid getting rid of a negative habit in one one single process. A new positive habit, talking about steps, is, um, well, let, let's, let's back up a little bit. You know that I, I, I shared with, with you that one bad habit that I have is if I get bored or discouraged or, or frustrated at work, I'll pick up my phone and go to YouTube and spend some time using or look, watching YouTube shorts, whatever, that, whatever, the, whatever pops up. Uh, usually just funny sports videos or something like that. That's not healthy and it's not productive, especially if I'm doing it at work, right? So I want to get out of that habit. So my trigger um, has been boredom, grab my phone, boredom, grab my phone, right? Boredom, grab my phone. Well, what I did is I, now I recognize boredom, grab my phone and I've changed it from boredom, grab my phone to boredom, stand up and walk away from my desk. That's it. It could be 10 steps. It could be 50 steps. It could be a mile. Okay. But boredom, frustration, whatever it might be, that emotion that comes, that trigger causes the action of me to me grabbing my phone. I've now, I'm now changing. I'm not, I'm not perfect at it from that to stand up, boredom, frustration, whatever it might be, stand up, walk away from my desk. Now I may find myself doing that five times an hour, right? <laughs> right. You get your steps in, but I'll get my steps in and I'll break that. And I'll, in that, that bad habit will actually become, will be replaced by the good habit. So there's my reports on the habit. There's my report report on the uh, 30 day challenge. Let's uh, let's do our win for the week. And then we'll uh, we'll wrap up with a uh, with a quote. Well, I got a couple of wins. First of all, we've had continued progress in setting up our podcast. We have, we've been, we have. you've been working on the website. You know, we decided we're going to just, Ready, aim, fire. What's the saying? Ready, fire, aim. Yep. Ready, Ready fire, fire, aim. aim. <laughs> yeah. And I like how we didn't wait to get our podcast out there before we had everything done. And we're working on our logo with my son, Harry. We had a meeting last Saturday, gave him some feedback. He actually, Joe, I don't know if you saw your text, but he sent another iteration. Looks, it looks, looks really, awesome. I did see it. Really looks good. Awesome. So we got our logo. He's going to do different versions of it for Apple podcasts. And I was really surprised when we got on last Tuesday and tried to set up Apple to get it. Of course, Apple podcast is like the most popular uh, platform for podcasting. I was certain we didn't do it right, <laughs> but it did come through. So we're syndicated on Apple now. So right now, Kurt, we are, uh, we are syndicated on Apple. We're available on Google Podcasts, which is was the big holdout. Uh, we're available on Stitcher Internet Radio. We're available on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora. Well, I guess my whole point was we're gradually getting all these things done. We didn't wait till they were all done. And our Facebook group, I actually want to mention some of the, do some shout outs to our Facebook people, but I've invited a handful of a dozen or more people. And several have come into our Facebook group. You mentioned Jody. My wife and I, every Saturday, pretty much go up to visit her mom who's in a nursing home. About a 45-minute drive. We got into the car, and it must have been because I invited her to the Facebook group. She says, hey, I want to listen to your Dudes in Progress podcast. And oh, I, that's cool. I was surprised. I said, okay. But even... Not just listening, but she was having a conversation with me as we were riding, and our podcast was long enough. Had a little bit on the way home too, <laughs> but she would make comments like, "I remember her saying, like, 
she said this to me. She goes, I don't have any talents. I don't remember what we were talking about that brought that conversation up. But as I said, I started giving her some things that she's talented in. And she says, you know what? I do have really good intuition. I really can read people really well too. And I said, there you go. Yeah. And I think we were talking too about you, you mentioned again in that podcast, how you had taught your kids to have two or three really good friends. And she, she said, you know, she was, she picked up on that really straight away as, as a value that she has too. But just having that conversation with my wife about our podcast, again, a big reason why we're doing this podcast is for ourselves <laughs> to start off with. Absolutely. And now this is, this may sound like a, like a, like a cheap answer or a cop out, but I do really see the, the progress that we're making in the show and in the website and in the Facebook group and us, us tweaking the structure a little bit of the show and moving forward uh, over the past week. I really do see that as my win for the week also, Kurt. And I'm not trying to steal your thunder, but really, uh, I'm, I'm awfully proud of, of how we, we didn't wait and we did take a ready, a ready fire aim approach. And it's really cool because the community gets, gets to see us build this project together. Yeah. The sausage right? they, is being made they, as they, they get to see this, they get to see this being built and, uh, to build together. And we will take in, input from, from you. We'll take input from the Facebook group. Uh, just, yeah. Send us an email dudes at dudes in progress.com dudes at dudes in progress.com. We would love to hear from you. So that's my win for the week. And uh, also, I want to remind everybody that if you do want to support uh, support our our progress here, support our this project, you can always go to uh, dudes in project slash support dudes in progress slash support, and that'll take take you right to our Patreon page where you can uh, you can participate uh, in helping us build the build the project by financially supporting us. We would certainly appreciate that. Again, remember the Facebook. Uh, the Facebook group uh, links to that will be in today's show notes uh, links to uh, a link to the good life lessons from the world's longest scientific study of happiness will be uh, in today's show notes. And of course the website at dudes in progress and the, and I already mentioned the community group, uh, uh, the Facebook community. And as we wrap up, we have a, we have a couple quotes that we want to share. My quote for the week if you want happiness for an hour, take a nap. If you want happiness for a day, go fishing. If you want happiness for a year, inherit a fortune. If you want happiness for a lifetime, help someone else. And that's a Chinese proverb, Joe. Oh, I love that. I love I that. resonated with that one. I thought it was kind of fun too. go fishing. I used to like to go fishing. Well, I mean, these are all things that we want in our life, right? I would love to take a nap. <laughs> I get <laughs> happiness from taking a nap. And, you know, well, I want to go back to that study, fishing. you know, fame and fortune. It, it was funny how it said, if you want happiness for a year, inherit f- fame and fortune. You know, you can name a lot of people who have fame and fortune and don't have happiness. But help someone else. I know that's always been true for me. Mine is very similar. It's by Father Lawrence G. Lovasic. Uh, he is an author. He wrote the book in the. He's a kind of a old school guy. He wrote a book called uh, "The Hidden Power of Kindness" uh, way back in 1962. Very well known Catholic priest, and uh, he says, "Try to make at least one person happy every day. If you cannot do a kind deed, speak a kind word." If you cannot speak a kind word, think a kind thought. Count up, if you can, the treasure of happiness that you would dispense in a week, in a year, in a lifetime. We can, we can build day to day on the amount of happiness that we put out in this world. And as we build day to day, that happiness will make its way back to us. I do believe that. Uh, I do believe that the universe, for lack of a better way of putting it, rewards us for putting that stuff out there, right? Well, I think and I it, learned it definitely be, over this last pandemic, we are all connected. 
We are. (laughs) That is is something that I have noticed even more profoundly. I think 9-11 was one of those periods where I realized how tightly connected everything is, the financial system, the, the, the jobs that we do, the way we interact with each other. I think during the pandemic, that was, that came out so clear that if we're not out there, everyone doing their part, whether you're the mailman or you're the, the clerk at the grocery store, the butcher, people bringing packages. I mean, it's, we are just so connected and rely on each other for everything. I don't think we can say anything more than that. Let's wrap it up right, right there. Folks, remember, progress is better than perfection. So keep moving forward. Joe, we're going to try to do it a little better next time. We sure will. Talk to you later, my friends. Bye.